It's just like saying, what we want is to make sure you fail. Mm-hmm. Right? What we want is to guarantee, it seems like we've been trying and you've been creative in finding ways to stay open, but what we want is for you to fail. Right? Like This is the impression many of our restaurateurs get when they see the government taking these type, types of actions against them and they're frustrated and confused. Okay, ready? This is it. This is the show. What's with the pineapple? A podcast from the Michigan Restaurant and Lodging Association. Pineapples don't grow in Michigan. No, not native to Michigan. Let me write that down. Putting uh, a hospitality spin on what exactly is going on in Lansing. Shed some light on the industry specifically in Michigan. I think we're going to have some good guests. What is with the pineapple? What's with the industry? What's going on in Michigan? We can edit this if that's not right, right? You're the host of the show. I'm not sure if you know that. Oh, I'm so glad. I was. I pressed record when you said that. <laughs> Welcome back. Final episode of the year. We are wrapping up 2023, going into 2024 soon, but not soon enough. Justin, welcome to the podcast. And Joe, welcome in person, in the content room, in the studio. Thanks for having me, guys. It's nice in here. Welcome. It's, yeah. it's like, here's what, here's what this is like. We're all together for the holidays. Emily and I grew up. We got our own place. <laughs> But we want to show you that we've grown up and are I'm legitimate, impressed, yeah. and, and we're having you over at our place. And and I, I, you know, we're nervous to host, but we're excited you're here. You know, every parent's dream is that their kids do <laughs> better than they did. So, aren't you proud of us? Yeah. Okay, so the last episode of the year is a little bit different. We are we don't have a guest today. Sorry to break the news to our listeners, but we are doing a 2023 wrapped episode. What does that even mean? What does that mean? Um, inspired by Spotify Wrapped, if you're familiar. Anyone? Yes. Joe, are you a Spotify I'm n- guy? I'm not. I listened well, when I was listening to your episode, and I cut it all out, I think. But I was like, oh. I'm. Yeah, now we have to cut all this out. Yeah, yeah. drop the curtain. On <laughs> I just don't want to. I don't. Spotify just annoys me. I don't want to pay for it. I don't know why. I know it's only $11 a month, but I'm just like, no, you're not getting it. It's like I'm putting my foot down on. On principle? Yes, for some reason. I have. Like one, so I have the free version and I have one like massive playlist and occasionally I'll just like put it on as background noise and I'll sit and suffer through ads like, wow. you know, I live in the gutter. How old are um, you, Joe? 38. Mm, okay. So. I, I just, so Justin recently cut Spotify. I did. And it's just, it's $11 a month, guys. Like just. Not, there's not too the many family. things that are $11 a month. I have too many of those things like, and I'm just cutting, that's. I don't know why, but that's where the cut's coming. I just I feel like you guys talked about this before we started we didn't. the episode. No, listen, I, I've, been, I've been a paying customer since like 07, 08. And I realized upon cutting it that all of my stuff is still there. All my playlists, yeah. all the specified stuff still there. I still get the new releases, you know, that are specifically tailored to me. And I'm not paying for it. I, I don't listen to it enough anymore to even get that many ads thrown in. But I, you know, we had to make the switch. This is a big... Big transition in the Winslow household. Everyone's old enough now, the kids are, that they all want their own independent playlist. And so now we have Amazon Music and a family offering of it. So they're not screwing up my algorithm and vice versa. And that's, you know, if they say getting married and having kids is is how your life changes 100%, 90% of that is having kids. They don't tell you, though, the part where the kids get old enough that they have all their own stuff, and now all the things that you still are your holdovers, like Spotify, mm-hmm. are no longer yours. You've got to spread that out 
as well, right? We talked about this. I'm on the Verizon family plan now. Yeah, a lot of changes for you recently. I made a, a proud stand against Verizon a few years ago, and now I'm just I'm just right back there because they have all the family stuff. The kids are old enough; they want their phone. They want a phone. They want a the the, the middle child wants a watch. Oh, so here we go, and and you know now now we're on the family plan, and it's a dramatic change. That's my Spotify wrapped, and you have <laughs> and you have no identity left. Is that what I'm hearing? I'm hearing some struggles for you personally. <laughs> a, a dedicated family man through and through. Is your personality. Nice. Have fun at Disney next week. Thanks. Looking forward to it. <laughs> okay. So we're going to run through our typical segments, correct? Yeah. Let's go for it. And then we will, and then we'll get into the wrapped portion of, of this episode. Okay, so Pineapple Express. First up, restaurant gift card sales rose during Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Guests spent 7.3% more on restaurant gift cards during the Thanksgiving weekend compared to the same period in 2022. And Cyber Monday outpaced Black Friday as the highest sales period for physical and digital restaurant gift cards. Do you go, do you go physical or digital gift cards if you're buying them for a restaurant? I'm just anti-gift card, and I think it's a thing that my mom, like, my mom's an amazing gift giver, and I feel like for some reason she's always been like, a gift card's a cop-out. Like, don't do not do that. So Interesting. I just don't buy them. I, I'm i happy to receive them, but I just feel like it's a bad gift. A bad gift. I'm just like, that's not thoughtful. I, I try to be better. But, you know, everyone likes money. It's the, I mean, you're yeah. giving them a nice meal. It's, I, it's, it's a me thing. So Now, how do you feel about supporting restaurants, Joe? I mean, I can't, I can't afford $11 a month for Spotify, so I'm doing my best, but like, <laughs> it's tough out there. Joe could not join us for the rest of the episode. <laughs> and this is our latest inflation is hurting the industry <laughs> segment. No, it's, it's, it's true. I'm surprised by some of these numbers because they go against what we talked about in the last episode where it feels like uh, we're, we're easing into a soft recession, not a dramatic the world is over recession, but this is, this is positive news to see. I also just think... To, to Joe's point, it is just convenient to buy a gift card. It is, you're right, also not the most thoughtful <laughs> option. Out. Yeah. A cop-out is maybe strong for where I would land on it, but I think... Did I say that? I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll cut it never, when, I, when I get to... No, you better not cut never, any of this. Never apologize, Joe. <laughs> hmm, interesting. I think there's a 45% of annual gift card sales come from November and December for the industry. So that's a note to market your gift cards, people. When I worked at Outback way back in the day as a host, we would do like a buy a hundred dollars. I mean, you're 30 now, so that was probably quite a long time ago. Yeah, and you cut Spotify, so <laughs> just the latest of the age jokes that that perpetuate this podcast. All right, go on. I'm struggling with my mortality. If you guys want to get into that, we can take a hard left. But I can talk about that too. If you want, we can have a whole conversation about that. Joe and I will just talk about it. Anyway, the the point has lost now, but we used to sell $100, get $25 additional, and you would just go in the back and just ramp those up. We sold a lot of them. so. But I think physical, digital is 100% a cop-out. I'll get on that train. A digital gift card? At least go to the store and give give something physical. I'd yeah, like put, to apologize put, put to my Put it in a nice nephew. card. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little nice little note. Let me, let me use this time to apologize to my nephew, who I bought a digital Amazon gift card and, and sent it to him in a text for his birthday. Yikes. But he's 13. He has a cell phone. This, is, this to me, would be cool if I I'm were I'm sure 13. he loved it, yeah. He that was, was probably psyched great. about it. Yeah. 
called me and told me he loved me like four minutes later. <laughs> I was oh, like, wow. oh, that was really nice. Okay, well. See, not always a cop-out, even though I was in the middle of a work trip and it kind of was a cop-out. Yeah, you were like, oh, I have to do something. Yeah. Yeah. It worked. So We're both right. Yeah. Okay, McDonald's has launched a new chain called Cosmics. Have yes. you guys heard of this? I have. I, did. I have thoughts. Okay. But I want to hear what Joe has to say. Well, we're on a podcast, so share them, please. <laughs> you know, I saw it and I, I quickly kind of checked out what it was and my initial thought was this isn't going to work this isn't going to last I'm not paying $11 a month for this <laughs> <laughs> so this is so anti-industry it just I don't know I'm just good luck I'm hoping it takes off for McDonald's great chain but uh, I don't, I'm just skeptical but alright I think it's great I think it's a bold move for them to move into a space that they're not in right now I get that the many high-end drink uh, model is where the revenue and the profitability is. So I get all trends. of that. And the trends. I get that. What I really want to see is not to get rid of the high-end drinks and the variability there. I want to see an entirely new, unique, kind of like high-end version of a menu. I don't want them just to throw um, a Big Mac on there and be like, and we're Cosmics. I'd like to see some unique like... They're not though. I want, I want to see some food. I, there's like a one or two food items, but I want them to, to make, ultimately, if this is successful a couple of years from now, have this be your fast, casual, high-end concept. Because, like, I'm dedicated to the brand. There's just not a lot of food I personally love to go get at McDonald's. I will I will stand for the, the coffee all the time, and that's pretty mm-hmm. much what I'll go get. Maybe a McMuffin every once in a while for breakfast. I'm not going for a, a quarter pounder. What really. would you like? For them to have, I don't know. That's you don't know. I want it to be. I want it to be. You know how Starbucks has food that always sounds really exciting and yeah. good, and then you have it and you yeah. realize it's just this. It's microwave. It's, it's yeah. not great, right? It's but it sounds good. I want them to actually have what sounds like Starbucks food, but actually is good enough okay. to be better, right? Like somewhere, I want them to operate in the better than. Better than Panera in this in the almost Chipotle level of you're a fast casual and you have something that is unique and it drives drives guests there because it's a little more high end, not just the value and you know what you're getting. Yeah, I think that's what they're going to try to do. I'm also hearing a lot of criticism and no suggested solutions from that side of the table. I'm giving a lot all kinds of solutions. I don't have exact menu <laughs> items like I want this Peruvian meal mixed into my in, in, in at all times. I I actually would think it would be cool if they actually mixed up the menu and changed it. So let me throw some things at you because I'm looking at their menu online right now. Cookie butter McPops, pretzel bites. I mean, pretzel bites? Okay. Lots of different flavors of the McPops, which is kind of just like a filled little mini donut, it looks like. A snack box, which is their take on charcuterie, it appears. Let's see. They have... None of this is what I'm... No. None of this is driving me there. Okay. So I'll give you guys a full review because my fiance and I are planning on going to the one in Illinois over over the holiday break. So we're going to do that. It's like thirty minutes from Chicago, and then do a night in Chicago. So a five. This is this is dedication to your craft. A five hour drive to go to Cosmics. It's like three and a half. We'll see. It's, wait, the trip isn't to go there, is it? Yeah. For real? Yeah. My fiance wants to go. So I'm like, <laughs> all right. If you have a- <laughs> It gets worse. He's never been to Chicago. It gets this worse. is this is why they're going. Why, why is he is he just a huge McDonald's guy? Yeah, he's like he finds stuff like that interesting. Okay. Yeah. I like that he does. I, mean, I think like, he saw it on Twitter and is like, yeah, this is it's close enough where it's like a, a story to tell. That's fascinating. Okay. Well, that's yeah. exciting. So what if it's wildly popular and there's a massive 
wait and you go, you're, I mean, you're we there. drove three okay. and a half hours. If the wait's longer than three and a half okay. hours. I just, you've clear, you know you've never been to Chicago when you think the drive's only going to be three and a half hours. I've been to Chicago. Let's be clear. You're going you're gonna to be on 94, 45 minutes into Indiana going, what, what have we done here? Just at a dead stop. And it's going to take you five hours to get there, especially if, is this suburb west of Chicago? Yeah. yeah like south-ish. Yeah. You're screwed. Hmm. Holiday driving, no way. I'll keep you posted. I'll live tweet it from the um, say, MRLA account. Ready? Over, under, from mid-Michigan, four hours, 38 minutes. Okay. I'm going to take the under and drive well, when it, Wait, when are, you, when are you going? We're not sure yet. Okay. Maybe the 22nd. Maybe next Friday. Oof. <laughs> Uh, hold on, let me let me let me double down on the over right now. Yeah, I'm. I don't even think I was going to ask what time of day are you going to leave because I feel like that's critical. But I don't even think I need to. It's the over. I've done it before where I've left at like four forty-five, five a.m. and you still hit some level of traffic trying to get through there. Yeah, it's gonna be and my brother. Holidays the twenty-second. You are absolutely <laughs> on a Friday. Oh my god! I'll keep you guys posted. Yeah. My brother went to school in Milwaukee, so he'd be like coming back through Chicago all the time, and there were some nightmare ten-hour trips. Like it's he didn't take the Badger, just really? like the ferry straight across like Michigan. I think he he was on the train a lot, but a couple of very bad. Like I was in Chicago for three hours, just yeah. So good luck. Hmm. All right. Well, I'll let you guys know, and I will prove you wrong. I'm I'm dedicated to proving you both wrong. All right. That's all that I had for. Uh, Pineapple Express, current events. Did uh, either of you have anything else you want to talk about in that section? Let's hit the plaudits. Let's do it. Michiganders know there are good lakes, and then there are great lakes. Same goes with restaurants. Good restaurants get the big things right. Great restaurants focus on the details. Spot On can help. Their tech provides up-to-the-minute sales and labor reporting to increase revenue and control costs. So you can take your business from good to great. That's why Spot On's point of sale and labor management tools are trusted by great Michigan restaurants like the Vicari Restaurant Group. Spot On Tech has improved the ordering process at Andiamo's and Joe Muir and empowered their general managers with more accessible data that helps move the needle. Joe Muir increased dessert sales by 18% thanks to business insights from Spot On reporting, leading to an additional $25,000 in revenue. In the words of Dominic Vicari himself, Spot On helps me be more proactive than reactive. With Spot On, you not only get access to business tools that help you save time and make key decisions, you also get 24-7 dedicated support from real humans who care. It's more than good. It's great. To learn more, visit SpotOn.com. That's S-P-O-T-O-N.com slash associations slash Michigan dash R-A. Keeping on that McDonald's train, Saputo Family McDonald's is running a Brickin' for Chicken special, offering free chicken McNuggets with purchase when MSU's basketball uh, opposing team misses free throws. With the, You have to visit one of their locations in East Lansing, Okemos within 24 hours after the game. I like it. A little shout out for MRLA board member Sean Saputo, mid-Michigan McDonald's franchisee. Yep. Always looking for creative new ways to get engaged. I think there'd be a lot more chicken going on if they were MSU's bricking. Because if you've watched any of these games this year, the offense is a struggle fest. Yikes. They're supposed to be good this year, huh? Yeah, I don't want to get in, into that. It's it's too soon. Okay. It's too soon. Next year. But there's still hope. We'll talk about we're it. We're a hockey year. school. <laughs> Western Book Cadillac Hotel Detroit completed their transformative 
renovation in their it's their hundredth anniversary year, twenty three million dollars in a year long transformation, uh, creating a refreshing contemporary design from top to bottom, including refreshed guest rooms and more than thirty six thousand square feet of meeting and banquet space. I was there a few months ago. They were in the middle of it, and oh. some of it was uh, was amazing. Uh, and obviously, they were still under construction. So I'd like to go back and see the final project. But that's a major investment. Change some ownership, and obviously, the new ownership willing to make that investment. It's a signature property downtown, and it deserves to have that kind of upgrade. So looking forward to uh, being there soon and hopefully hosting something there. Yeah, congratulations to them. Okay, are we moving into for, for, for Fork's sake? If you're ready, I'm ready. All right, let's do it. Adopt and amend. Oral arguments happened last week. What is the current status on that entire situation? And how did oral arguments go? You attended in person, right? I did. Fascinating. This issue, you know, we've talked about the issue that never dies, the issue that goes on forever. Finally had its final day in court. Again, this is a court case that is about the legislature's constitutionality. Uh, or what is constitutional for the legislature to do as it relates to initiated proposals. And we, the restaurant industry, are caught in the middle in the middle of it and have been for several years. So Supreme Court held hearings on this issue early in December. Uh, it was a fascinating it was a fascinating hour, hour plus. It was scheduled for fifty minutes. We probably went about one ten. And that doesn't happen. That just doesn't happen very often. But I think there was a lot of substance to get into. A lot of questions. A lot of back and forth. it's just hard to get past the obvious argument that whether you like what the legislature did, whether you like the policy outcome on on the two proposals and how they were amended, you can feel legitimately about what the legislature did is is not liking that, not thinking that is in the spirit of the Constitution. It just became – it was abundantly clear again in court that however you might feel about it, it is impossible to make a coherent argument that what the legislature did was unconstitutional. And that puts the court, which has a 4-3 Democratic majority makeup right now, in a difficult position because they don't like what the legislature did. They don't like the outcome. And and you could see them looking for remedies that don't implode the economy but don't allow this practice to go forward and trying to build all of that within the the confines of a constitution that pretty much allows it, right? Like it it, it makes clear that you can't do it on what's called a referendum, but but they, they are silent as it relates to an initiated law. And acknowledging the, the difference between those two, uh, which which the other side, the plaintiffs kind of walked right into, makes it extremely challenging. I felt like they sort of challenged their own argument by making it clear they had constitutional alternatives to fix this issue that if they didn't like the outcome of what the legislature did, that uh, that there are resolutions available to them and options available to them that they haven't been checkmated in some sort of weird way by the legislature and, and we'll see if that carries the day or not. I think it's likely to come down as a 4-3 decision either way. Yeah. And the hardest part is we aren't going to know for six or seven months. We don't anticipate a ruling until June, July of 2024. And so that leaves the legislature hanging for a long time on this issue that they've been hanging on since, well, I mean, we tried to get clarity in 2019 and, and the Supreme Court didn't provide it then. Two years passed before the, the court of claims. Court of claims. Well, two years before it was, a suit was even filed. Right? Oh. And then a year after that, before Court of Claims surprised us all with that initial ruling. And so this has just been going on for a long, long, long time. We're talking about like six years plus by the time you it, anything would be implemented if, if we are let's, – let's hope this doesn't happen. But if we are required to go back to those original 2018 proposals 
with huge impact to the industry. So dangerous place to be in, but but still going to be there for several months. And all that is separate from the fact that there's still another 2024 ballot right. pending right now that we don't know is going to find its way onto the ballot or not. The Supreme Court also has to decide at some point in the near future whether or not it's going to allow a very flawed 2024 ballot proposal trying to accomplish the same thing on minimum wage and tip credit but in a very clumsy way where it was miswritten multiple times over. And so it's unclear right now whether they, the Supreme Court will try to put that onto the ballot. And then what that even means, if that's on the ballot and you have a Supreme Court ruling on the 2018 ballot, which one takes precedence? So it's, it's, a, it's a constitutional cluster. Mm, that's a good way to put it. I was going to say hot mess, but yeah, constitutional cluster. Yeah. So hold on. Keep waiting. You Just keep tuning in. I'm sure we'll have many more updates and so over the next several months. Absolutely. So technically they could rule at any time, but we're anticipating that it'll be June-ish? Correct. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, stay tuned. Okay. The other story we have on here is that the Federal Trade Commission is ambushing restaurant operators with their new proposed rule. We touched a little bit very briefly on this a few episodes back when Ironically, we were we had Lizzie Mills, uh, an attorney, on to talk about surcharges and service fees. And the announcement of this proposed rule came out during that recording, and we had to splice some stuff in. Anyway, we haven't talked much about it since, but um, they're naming the restaurant industry as a target industry in the unfair of deceptive, unfair or deceptive fees proposed rule. So, do you want to talk more about what this rule is, or? Yeah, I mean, my professional opinion is that this is bullshit. Yes, <laughs> I this started That's with the, the lead in. <laughs> this started with the FTC engaging hotels on junk fees, and that was part of the. You know, we've talked about the president making that part of the State of the Union speech, and then legislative activity thereafter, and and a lot of conversation about how to deal with hotel related and resort related junk fees, and. As much as the hotel industry has tried, right, we've tried to explain and discuss that side of the issue. I think even uh, AHLA is is now supporting some specific federal legislation to resolve that issue in a way that is not damaging to the industry but provides a little more transparency. This was the restaurant side of this was an eleventh hour dump mm-hmm. to add language, and and it, and it sometimes feels like it was at the request of one fair wage, frankly, at the end of it. To eliminate the idea of service charges, which are starting to be more salient in the industry, and surcharges, which is really something that you've seen more recently, right? That's more of the credit card swipe fees are so egregious, and inflation is making it so hard for us to make any profitability right now. Our way of, of trying to recoup some of that is putting a 3% surcharge, give or take, on your on – your Surcharge or service fee? That's different. No, this is a surcharge. The three percent surcharge is your credit card side of the equation, right? Like, I am I am putting this three percent surcharge to account for the three percent swipe fee of you using your credit card right. to pay for your restaurant meal, and that is that is something that is it. It's definitely more salient now than it's been, but it's not the predominant practice of the industry. Mm-hmm. The more concerning part is the service charge part, right? Like I am changing my business model. The tip credit, let's say like in Washington, D.C. that no longer exists, I'm going to put an 18% service charge on there and I am going to try to help compensate not just the front of house, the servers, but also some of the back of house with this service charge. And that's going to replace tipping because you got rid of the tip credit in D.C. And this is my way as a business to try to make that work. It's way more expensive than it was before. But I have some level of control over how I operate my business. 
you know, for those type of jurisdictions, that that's their pathway. And to take that avenue away as well, is just, it's just like saying, what we want is to make sure you fail. Mm-hmm. Right? What we want is to guarantee, it seems like we've been trying and you've been creative in finding ways to stay open, but what we want is for you to fail. Right? Like this is the impression many of our restaurateurs get when they see the government taking these type, types of actions against them and they're frustrated and confused. Why take this? Why take this away from them? Right? Like, if if customers don't like it, they don't have to come to the restaurant. They can go elsewhere, or pursue alternatives. And and a restaurateur is always hypersensitive to customer sentiment. Right? So if that is an unpopular practice, they're not going to do it. But to mandate it out is is going to cripple the industry at a time that it's already pretty challenged. So uh, we've been pretty aggressive on this front. I think we we have uh, engaged. And helping our members file comments with the FTC because we're in the comment period of this rulemaking process and pushing back and saying this is not the right idea. You need to put a halt on this side of the equation and and stop pushing the, and end to service charges altogether. Yeah, if and, customers don't like it, let the market decide. Right. And restaurants are making it loud and clear. Uh, we've had a, a strong response from our members. I know there's a webinar coming up. Today, soon. yeah. Yep. So there you go. Today, today. As yeah, of this the recording, will, it will have happened. We but go. we have also communicated to members, so you shouldn't be surprised if you're reading any of our publications that we've been trying to get you engaged and, and educated uh, via this webinar as well. So that's that's the issue. It kind of came up out of nowhere. I think this was unexpected, frankly, yeah. that the FTC was going to engage on this side of the equation. But the industry is fighting back pretty aggressively. Yeah, and just to provide clarity, it removes any separate fees or, <clears throat> or surcharges overhauls menus so that the listed price is the total price a customer must pay and eliminates the use of surcharges for dynamic costs, such as credit card processing or delivery fees. Yeah. I uh, had a conversation at a holiday party this past weekend with my uncle, Uncle Tom, shout out, no chance he listens to this. And he was like, talk to me about this tip credit thing. And he had uh, a differing opinion than I did. So I talked to him about it. And in the same sentence, he tells me, well, what can you do about getting them to lower their prices? <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> and I, I made the point. It's only going to get worse, especially if you eliminate the ability to put to put some of these service fees in place. 100%. Yeah. So, okay. Stay tuned. I think that wraps up for Fork's Sake, the final for Fork's Sake of the year. Should we get into the wrapped portion of the podcast? What are you thinking? What is the wrapped portion? Talk to me about where where your head's at on this and what we're going to actually be talking about. Well, I talked to you yesterday about where my head was at on that, and your words were, I said, well, should we make predictions for 2024? What was your response to that? No, that's that's for January. This This is the time to reflect, to look back. It's only about looking back. This is not about looking forward. That's what you said. We'll get that in a T-shirt. So let me write that down. Okay, yeah. So I think we're going to do our top 10 stories. Stories to whom? To the industry. Okay. Because I think there's a lot of different ways we can go, and I think we should keep it loose, especially because I want Joe to really weigh in here and get engaged, right? What are the top 10 stories that are related to our industry, but not you know, not necessarily what's happening somewhere else? This is a Michigan-based podcast. What, what actually mm-hmm. happened that relates to our world and, our, and, over, and anyone who's tuning in has, has got some sense that we are engaged in the Lansing, in the Capitol, in advocacy, but also represent the industry broadly in Michigan? So... I think we can go a couple different ways with these. At least in my mind, I think we should keep it, keep it, you know, loose. As we're known to do on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's your first story that you'd like to kick us off with to keep it loose? Or, oh, no. or Joe? 
Yeah, yeah, Jill, why don't you lead us off? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's my role today. Gift but cards are I'm happy, BS. <laughs> I'm happy to weigh in once you guys lead me somewhere. All right, let's let's just kind of go around. Well, Emily, why don't you start for us, and Dang then it. that'll give Joe all the cadence he needs to uh, to weigh in. Okay. Well, I'll just start with an easy one, kind of on the on the same line of thinking of what we talked about earlier, but. One of my top stories, both both for the industry and for us at the MRLA as individuals, is the Court of Appeals ruling phone call that we got back in January, so a year ago. And, of course, this issue is still plaguing us. But if you remember, we were walking over to Resh Studios before we had our own content room. and Before we grew up, Joe. <laughs> we're walking over, and Justin gets a phone call about the ruling and stops walking. And based on what you said, I kind of knew what the phone call was about. And I just paused and stared at you. And <laughs> you just started like pumping your fists in the air. And it was a, a 3-0 ruling. Then we had to turn around, run back to the office so that we could alert our members. Of course, that's always our top priority. And we had to cancel the recording of the podcast that day, if you guys remember. But that was a good win. I mean, obviously we're still in the trenches on that topic, but um, we needed a boost of validation, I guess, on that topic. And that, that stand, when I look at my year professionally, that definitely stands out for me. Yeah. At the time, that was a great one. At the time. Yeah. Well, and it was so definitive and I've been asking several attorneys, no one has given me the answer yet. I wanted to know how, how, how many times in its history has the Michigan Supreme Court chosen to take on appeal a ruling from the lower court, so in this case, Court of Appeals, that was not just three to zero, but three to zero with two concurring opinions, and it was published. When you go all in, all chips on the table with a published opinion, and and, and you have a three zero ruling, and all three judges weigh in with some version of saying the same thing. Usually, when it's a three zero, it's either unpublished or you have one one person writing the opinion for all three, three different. And three different versions. And my favorite, of course, is the one that I, I hate what the legislature did. I think it's slimy, but I just can't prove that it's unconstitutional in any way, shape, or form. Therefore, you know, we side with. And Fair. so w- this is why we inform members that we never know for sure, but it's so definitive, it's hard to imagine the Supreme Court taking this on appeal. So, so that could lead to another story, which is in June when the Supreme Court decided to take this issue up on appeal. That was fun. Last June, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, last June. So – all exciting story. That's a good one, though, because it's related to the podcast as well. Yeah, it was, it was a standout story. Yeah. All right, Joe, you're up. Okay, well, I don't really know what to add, but I know um, if we're reflecting back on the year, I can at least comment on the one other episode I participated in, which was the uh, the Bear Season 2 recap, which I think was maybe the best television of the year, maybe. I don't know, but we can talk about it. But We'll see what the critics say. I think we're 3-0 here. We, yeah. have, we got a yeah. 3-0 published decision coming out of this podcast. And great episode for you guys and great just content highlighting the restaurant industry, which I really enjoyed and so did a lot of people. So, yeah, okay. that was a fun memory for me if we're reflecting back on this year's podcast. That was a fun one. That, that was, was my um, favorite one. I yeah. mean, that was the most fun one to do. Because it really, I mean, there was no segment of, and, and now we're going to talk about this work issue, and now we're going to talk about this work issue. It's just like a fun back and forth of reviewing. And I think we had comments, we had comments from listeners, and then we had, you know, it, it came up in conversation, what, three other times during the year after that, four other times? I yeah, mean, it was at good. least. Yeah. I think it was a, I would have to double check, but looking at the numbers of your episodes, I think it was a 
well listened to one too. One of the one of your more popular episodes from the past year. So, and that's saying something. Yeah, you should feel validated. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, crazy numbers. <laughs> Let's hope uh, season three comes out. It's not going to come out in 2024. It'd be 2025 probably. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to take for them. I know that they have greenlit it, right? It's already yeah. in, in some level of production, but I have no idea where they are in that process. Hmm. I was just hoping we could do another another one in 2024, but probably not. Probably not. Right. That was a good one. All right, Justin, you're up. Okay. There's so many to choose from. I'm going to go for the big win on the Hospitality Training Institute, right? Hmm. We I still remember when we all huddled in this office coming out of what felt like just nonstop crisis communications in the pandemic and saying, what can we do now? We have all this momentum and belief and trust in us as an institution to help this industry coming out of the pandemic, but we're not going to be in chaos mode. God. Yeah, I hope the listeners can hear that now. (laughs) Forever. And so what can we do? What how can we put what we've what we've established here over COVID, right? I mean, you no one wants to replicate doing that again, but we had we had really grown as a team and done a lot over that space to help the industry. And so while we had while we had that momentum and growth, what could we best do? And the concept was we think we can help rebuild the industry and the lost workforce by creating this training institute. And shout out to Amanda Smith, who is our internal expert on all things workforce development, education, and training. You know, we had loosely talked about some concept, some version of what this was for a long time, but this was time to take action, and and we did. And adv- and bringing Johnny in on advocacy, and and getting this, getting a big ask across the finish line, making the case for why this industry needed this support. So marshalling support in a completely different legislature, by the way, than we have been accustomed to working with over the last 10 to 12 years around this association and and getting that across the finish line. And then from there, being able to build out something that, you know, we're right on the precipice of launching statewide uh, this training institute with well over a thousand people have already applied to get some of this free training. Uh, it's it's the fru- it's coming to fruition a bold vision that we set out a long time ago and it's you know it, it makes me proud that that we are capable of offering that and that we've been able to take something that was felt like a little bit of a long shot but what what worth the effort in the beginning to getting it to where we are right now and I'm excited to see what what you know what comes from the actual practice statewide from Marquette you know down to Ann Arbor Southwest Michigan Detroit and we will be everywhere offering this training next year so I'm excited that we've been able to bring this and, and hopefully it's something that has legs for many years to come. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Yeah. Just a, it's been less than two months since we launched applications for the January start and we're over, like you said, over a thousand applications. So that has been very exciting around here for sure. Joe, have you heard of it? I have. I've been on this podcast. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm familiar. I can add another one. Can okay. we talk about the cocktails to go? Wasn't that, that yes. this year? That was a good one. That's not, that was even on our list. All right, yeah. Active listener. Yeah, I honestly, I feel like I am fed a lot of restaurant stuff now, like because my phone obviously listens to me. So just as it's another, it's another podcast topic. <laughs> I will say, I feel like you guys usually, as someone who's not in this industry and like you know, I'm not at all involved. I feel like you guys hit on a lot of really interesting stuff, and I, I like the content you provide. I'm kind of stumbling over my words here, but I think you guys do a really good job of having interesting guests, talking about interesting things that are like even interesting to me as like someone outside the industry. I'm 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 usually want to know what's going on in the restaurant and tourism yeah. world in Michigan. And it's it's great. But cocktails ago, that would be my next one because who doesn't love that? I 
And I also like seeing, you know, <laughs> it's it's so nice when Joe's there's a good, here every when there's a good year. idea and the legislature just is like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's yeah. do that and have it be easy. Yeah. And that just doesn't seem to be a thing that happens very often, but it happened with Cocktails Ago. And that's awesome. That's great. That's nice to see. Have you ever? Thank you, by the way. Those are. I, I was waiting for some subtle sarcasm drop in it somewhere in there. No, just pure sincerity, start to finish. I love it. And it, was not paid to say that. Right. I mean, he is paid to edit. Right. But however, uh, but have you ever actually taken advantage of? Have you ever actually ordered some cocktails to go? I have. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What's, what's your favorite? Favorite cocktail to go, or yeah. fav- um, because some uh, things it works better for some things than others. It does. You know, I. I do love a margarita. Those are great. But like, I'm, I'm a bourbon guy. I, and I will always try someone's old fashioned. Like I'm always curious to see how it is, how they do with it. So that's always going to be my probably go-to. Does it travel well and still good? I've never it's, actually done a cocktail to uh, an old fashioned to go. I'm a pretty quick first drink drinker. So yeah, it's fine. It's, 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 <laughs> it's a job done. <laughs> it's, it travels fine. It's in a cup. It works. Yeah. Nice. You just, you wait till you're home to drink it, right? Well, I mean, am I, am I in a social district? I mean, I don't know. Well played. Ooh. Another piece of legislation yeah. we worked on and, and got across the finish line. One that has been, and I'll just admit, sometimes I'm just wrong about how I think some things will work in practice. And that was one where I thought would work in a couple narrow areas and would just not jive with some local communities and, and, and there would be too much pushback. I've been wrong. The, the social districts have been, by and large, a success almost everywhere they've been implemented, and they continue to expand yeah. and have grown opportunities. People love them. And Communities figuring out how to adapt to it, even if it doesn't necessarily fully work on the on the onset. For sure. I'd like to cut where he just said, I'm wrong. If we could just <laughs> get me that snippet. I'll, I would like to use that. Okay, yeah, cocktails go. Moscow Mule is my go-to, not that anyone asked. Mm. You know you know, I'm a sucker for the Applebee's Pouch full. Oh, yeah, Long Island. <laughs> Pouch full of Long Island iced tea. It's just like a, a juice box Pretty of much. Long Island. But massive amounts, yeah. Gets the job done <laughs> once again. Done. Okay, am I up? Yeah, go for it. I'm going to go with Plymouth Canton Educational Park winning nationally first place in the culinary competition at ProStart Nationals in right. Washington, D.C. Reigning national champions. Yeah, that was an exciting time back in the spring. Pro Start and creating the future of the industry is very important to what we do at the MRLA and through our foundation arm. And that was just a a great success story to see the kids be recognized on a national stage that way. And did like a full press tour, if you remember, um, after winning. They came to our Capitol Day. Um, They met with legislators, I think. So, yeah, that's a highlight for me for sure. Yeah, well, it's a great program. We know we have some of the best schools in the in the country year after year. We're always finishing somewhere. Even when we have a down year, our, our state winners are coming usually somewhere in the top 10. And so to see that Plymouth Canton School is a powerhouse, right? They continue to produce talent year after year after year. To see them win the national this year was fantastic. Yeah, so it's nice. And, you know, shout out to our own team to help cultivate and develop and make that possible. Absolutely. Okay, Justin, I think you're up. Okay, I'm torn between... Two P's. I'm going to start with the work Ooh, one. Okay. We're I know gonna, what the other one is. We're going to talk. Well, I'll, I'll hit them both right now. We'll, we'll, right, we'll, they're completely different. One, the political realignment. We talked about it earlier. I worked in this town for a long time. It, it, is a, it, is a, it is a city that politically does go back and forth. Governors always change from R to D, R to D, each, each two terms. 
historically. And the legislature, to some degree, has changed from Republican to Democrat over time, at least in the House. We have not seen an environment like we've had this year, right, yeah. for, for pretty much the extent of my life, and I'm a middle-aged man. Right. Let's just get into it. Who doesn't use Spotify? Who doesn't? Who still uses it? Doesn't pay for Spotify. So just like Joe. Yeah, you guys are two middle-aged men. Uh, we uh, just we haven't. <laughs> ouch. Uh, we're gonna have that mortality conversation yeah. soon. <laughs> Let's get into it. But no, we haven't seen we haven't seen uh, a, a, not just a Dem governor, but all the statewide, right? Secretary of State, Attorney General, and the Michigan Senate and Michigan House all operating as as Democratic leads. And it's changed the perspective, and, and it really was it's, – it's, it's transformed our year around here as well and how we yeah. interact and work with the legislature. I think we've done a pretty good job as a business trade association making it clear that we are going to work with anyone at any time to advance the interests of this industry and that there's an opportunity to work on both sides of the aisle with anyone to try to advance this industry. And so it's plenty of proof of that. We already talked about HTM, but there's – it's, it's been a different environment, and sometimes it's actually been to the benefit of this industry, and other times it's been a real challenge. And we'll see what, we'll see what 2024 holds, but 2023 has been an interesting one, at least for me professionally, having worked in, in different environments the entire, my entire career. Yeah, that's definitely a standout portion of 2023. What was, your, what was your second one? The Pistons are terrible. They're so bad, Joe. Like, I, you Do you know, think they're going to set that record, longest losing streak? It's their schedule looks very favorable for doing it. I mean, probably they shouldn't, but I remember the game where they like, well, we'll just get this quick win against the Washington Wizards, yeah. who also haven't won in forever, and that'll be it. And when they lost to that awful team, they're at worse. Home, th- and they, I feel like they're they're a worse team, and they have a worse like set of players. But somehow it was still a loss. I I would rather be a Pistons fan than a Wizards fan, just looking at what. Oh, you have? They are wayward. They are so far away. We have a, a core amount of talent. I know. That it's really weird. Does not work together and is, I don't want to trash a coach this early in the process, but Monty <laughs> seems to have lost this team already. For anyone who has zero interest or follows Pistons at all, they're about to, they're close to setting the record for most, most consecutive losses in a single season, which I believe is 26, and they're at 20 or 21 right now. They are 2 and 22 on the season. Something like that, yeah. Season started two and one. I mean, like, and they actually mm-hmm. looked promising. Not not promising like playoffs, but promising like they're building towards something. And it's been an utter disaster. They're losing most of these games by fifteen to thirty points. You think they're just mentally out of it, though? I mean, yeah. at this point, yeah. I, I mean, think losing that that out. much and that hard is just it's so tough. It's tough to. <laughs> the team should be good defensively. I, I get all the reasons why they're not good offensively, but defensively they should be good. And there's something like 24th, 25th in defense as well in the league, which is terrible. How do you feel about Cade? I think that the ceiling may be a little different than the original okay. assessment. That yeah. he's not a he, you know, he, I don't want to hear the beer. He's not a bust by any stretch. He's mm-hmm. he's good. But is that ceiling now more like a couple time All Star versus an All NBA type type player? Yeah. That's what it, you know. I, I I originally thought we got a building block for a guy who's going to be an all-NBA player, and now he feels more like he'll be a two-, three-time all-star maybe. And that's- it's it's tough because they're just so bad. I mean, there's too many big men. There's no one that can shoot. So, like, is he just in a situation where he can't be what he needs to be? or, or- He would be much better with a team of uh, that would spread out yeah. you know, with a bunch of shooters and so, none. We'll I see. don't know. I think— Troy uh, Weaver, your days are probably numbered. What do you think the— What's the crux of the problem? Is it, and I, I'm wondering, if, is, it, is, it, is it a Tom Gores thing? Do we just have an owner that's not going to, is it kind of like Tom the Gores. Fords with the Lions has been for a long, long time, where it's just like, we just are never going to make the right decisions up top that trickle down to 
having this be a winning championship team. He has made a lot. I don't want to give him, trash him too hard because he has been willing to spend what it takes to yeah. be successful, but he has made several poor decisions in, in whom he pursues and who he who he hires. And he's been there like twelve years now. He's got a he's, he's not got seen a, anything. He's got right? a bad he, track record. Track record. I don't at this think point. he's seen a playoff win. Has he? Right? Like he. No, they've been an eight seed a couple times and, and got swept yeah. both times, right? Yeah. So and, and and right now, obviously, we're a long way, a long way from there. I just the, the talent doesn't mix together. The talent's very very young, and I think some of the talent isn't as as good overall. I think we've done a very poor job putting a team together that makes any sense cohesively. Yeah. So that's the problem. That's way too much. I thought we would just say the Pistons are terrible. I'm sorry. Let's move on. But, you know, this has been cathartic. Thank goodness for Joe, because I have nothing to <laughs> add. Nothing. It's been cathartic to get some of this out, because it's even worse. If you go back to the second half of last season, they're like something like 4-45 and 45 or something like that, or 4-50. and 50. I mean, over the stretch that yeah. started last season, because they ended so terribly last year. It's well, if you're looking for a positive note, I feel like Osar Thompson is awesome. I mean, he's not a shooter, but he does everything else. He's great. He's uh, my favorite Piston. Yeah. So yeah. that's... He's, I've watched him airball multiple three-pointers. But other than that, he is an amazing player who has a, a high upside. Yeah. I just hope we don't ruin him. Like I feel like you're, we, we may be ruining the psyche permanently of some of it's these possible, guys. possible, yeah. It's a lot on the Pistons. What do you think, Emily? I think we're a football state, you know? Let's <laughs> <laughs> just have, lean into we've that. We've talked a lot about the Lions this year. We, we don't want to go into that either. I'm a little worried. But anyways, that's not for today. That's not for today. Okay. I have a couple more on my list. But one that we probably should have talked about in the segments. But I'm just going to tee it up here is looking back at three days ago, so technically in 2023, the Lansing Schmansing op-ed that came out. Oh. I just feel like we can't not talk about that, especially when you mentioned you've been in this town a long time. That's what triggered for me. Oh, we haven't, we haven't talked about that. So, so um, tee it up. What is Lansing Schmansing? Well, according to one reporter uh, who wrote an op-ed in the Detroit Free Press, Lansing is a sad little town. And she was basically making the case for moving the capital to Detroit, which is a fake case to make. And you're getting clicks and eyes and opinions and anger. But man, did she piss some people off with that one. Yeah, it definitely felt very clickbaity. It was, it was a little weird to be coming from someone who is usually a I mean, I don't always agree with her, but it's someone in the op-ed side opinion section of the free press that writes serious content. And so to make this sort of like fun jab at the city was, it does have people around here pretty, pretty hot. Where, do you, where, where are you at, Joe? She I also mean, said that our town doesn't have good tacos, which is, you know, a jab. But clearly she's never Joe, been go, go off. I thought the whole thing was super annoying and also just kind of, kind of depressing that that's like a printable opinion piece in a paper and... 2023 like I and it obviously was for clicks and it did what it was supposed to do but it's sort of sad that that's what a newspaper needs to do to like get by and you know it, it I feel like what the free press and the state journal same parent company because then Graham Couch wrote yeah. his you know response piece and same with the mayor so then those generate more clicks more clicks and it's, yeah. a, it's a great week for the newspaper but it's like man this is the case was like Lansing doesn't have enough parking also it's too easy to park in Lansing it was just a terrible <laughs> It was a terrible piece. It was not worth printing. Yeah. And I am annoyed that it even got any rise out of me, let alone a click, because it just was garbage. I don't know. It just was a stupid take. Yeah. This is what happens when the legislature ends early, right? 
Got to fill content somehow. Less yeah. stuff to talk about. Did you see the Peter Spadafore is a Lansing city councilman posted a tourism video? I think would you call it that for Lan- the city of Lansing from I, I, it looks like the eighties. Oh. Looks like mid eighties. It's not great. That's not that's not helping the case <laughs> for Lansing. It literally looks like a here's your kit for how to make local tourism video, and it's just like insert city name here. We're making it happen. It it, it was not great. It was not great. So, but it was funny to watch. I don't know. I, I don't have massively strong opinions. Obviously, we're not moving the, the capital. I'm right. not sure Detroit would be the place if we were to move it. That 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 that's where we would go with it. But I mean, do, do they not go to Mr. Taco? I mean, what is that still a thing? Oh yeah. You don't, do you follow Mr. Taco Watcher on Twitter on X? I don't, but I kind of I thought I heard rumblings of it actually like officially being done not that long ago. But he was going to sell. Okay. According to Mr. Taco Watcher, <laughs> but he's still he's still posting. And aren't they like they have no like set schedule for when they're open? I feel like it's like oh we're serving Correct. tacos today, and then it'll be a massive line. I occasionally drive by it, but it's no rhyme or reason as to when they're open or closed. It's, that is my understanding okay. as well. Yes. Well summarized. <laughs> <laughs> my umbrella take is just like let's not punch down on our own cities when we're when we're declining in population. Like let's not talk smack about each other. Yeah, I think that that's fair. Like when you're, let's when just you're, hate Ohio or something. When you're coming in at 49th in population growth of 50, you're you, maybe maybe let's unite around trying to do something that works for everyone here. Right. Yeah. Okay, moving on. All right, I just went, so I'm going to throw it out to someone else. Is it me? Okay. Um, I feel like I'm doing pretty good for... You are. That. You're crushing <laughs> it. How you're going to have to come into I every episode. You were, I, you've already <laughs> contributed far more than I thought you had how about, in the uh, tank. How about it's 2023 and we haven't said one word about Taylor Swift yet and what she did for oh. tourism in every city she went to. <laughs> She's carrying the economy yeah. on her back. Seems worth reflecting we and did talking it. about. Didn't we have like an eras? We had a lot of Taylor Swift this year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. Yeah, I'm really glad you're here. <laughs> I'm, Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm happy I to be here. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she was just named Times Person of the Year last week. So, which is so random. I mean, like she's so relevant, it... and Time Magazine feels just barely hanging on to any level of relevance, but she's hyper-relevant. So, you know, good for time to somehow <laughs> thrust themselves into relevancy. She is, like, kind of carrying the economy on her back, though, all yeah. jokes aside. All jokes aside, yeah. I don't have anything else to say. Just great for, great for Detroit. Great for, Are you a Swifty? My girlfriend is a huge one, okay. and so I... It, I I hear it all. Yeah, um, just by osmosis. Yeah, uh, she's good. I I I like her. I'm I'm ready to be done. Yeah, for a while. I'm ready for a break. I'm kind of sick of it. Just every like it's it's sort of annoying. The NFL NFL stuff was was my limit. Yeah, I'm like okay. We, let's. My guess is she's ready for a break. I would think so too. But you know, stop stop showing up on Sunday night NFL games. I mean, that's you could you could help. I think that's fair. Yeah. Well, I mean, she is allowed to go watch her boyfriend play. It's just the NFL's trying to capitalize on her it relevance. Lost just like twice time. in a row. I don't know. It might, might not be helping. I don't know. I don't know. The conspiracy theorist in me still thinks that whole relationship's it's fake, fake and, and just to bring worlds together and maybe drive drive opinion in people where they want so, them to go. And make so much money. Yeah. So much money. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great Thank contribution, you. Joe. Justin? I don't want to have to follow that. That was a fun one. Oh, uh, gosh. What are you going to say? I'll just do another quick shameless self-plug for ourselves. Our foundation was able to create the Curate Your Career campaign to try to recruit 
for this industry and recently won a national award for that campaign. Yes. So shout out to to us in that campaign. And I think what that allowed us to do with that campaign, not just recruit individuals into this industry to come back and work in this industry, but we've seen our programs, our ProStar programs, our HTM, which is hotel management, right, and hospitality management programs in schools across Michigan grow tremendously this year from from that campaign. So that's that means a, a future pipeline for us. Yeah. That might not be as fun as talking about, you know, Taylor Swift or a sack full of Long Island iced teas to go. A sack um, full. Sack full. But it's it's relevant to what we do here. So I'm gonna, you know, I'll I'm throwing it out there. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. The the video for that makes I know several people that it brings tears to their eyes. I'll send it to you, Joe. Okay. Give, give us a full review. Yeah. So the last one that I have on my list at the moment is this content room. Oh, what a perfect way to, to wrap it up here in our new home that we've welcomed Joe into. <laughs> <laughs> Joe is always welcome here. Yeah. we're it's It's been great to have it on site I and mean, we can record on the fly if we need to. I think Joe's going to have to come in person instead of Zoom. I can come more often. Going forward. So. I mean, it's a block. It's not a <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not a big deal. <laughs> you guys didn't have to move out in the first place, but it's it, you've you've created a nice little home for yourself. I, uh, Some family I'm, trauma I'm, we need to get I'm in here. I'm very impressed. <laughs> I just don't want it to be like the bear Christmas party when this thing ends. All right? <laughs> we, we can do better than that family Christmas. No gift cards to be had at that family Christmas. Oh, no way. Okay. Any, any as we look back at 2023, anything left on that, that list that we didn't hit? Full year. A lot went down this year. A lot of change here at the association within the industry, and it's going to be a great 2024 ahead. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next year. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. See you guys in 2024.